Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunner, is going to be in town this weekend to take on BYU. One thirty kick down in Provo. Let's talk to their head coach. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. As I mentioned, the head coach at uh, University of Texas San Antonio, Jeff Trailer, with us here on the big show. Hi, Jeff. How are you? We're good. We're good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, very excited to, to have a football game to talk about, certainly, this weekend. Tell us a little bit about your squad. Uh, well, we're very blessed to be playing. Uh, you know, it's we, we have not taken that for granted at all. Every day we get to practice, it's just an unbelievable opportunity because you never know. We're always going in college football right now, so we're, we're thrilled to have the opportunity and, and uh, just glad to be playing ball. I'll tell you, Jeff, I haven't seen uh, your games, but in looking over the statistics of those games, it seems like your team likes to score itself a few points. Well, we have in some games and not so good in others. Uh, It's kind of been a a microcosm of our entire year. Uh, We've just not been very consistent, uh, but we play hard. That's the one thing that's been constant. Our effort has been fantastic. Uh, You know, I'm a new coach. We didn't get to have spring ball. I didn't get to see him much in the summer at all. So, you know, we're we're very limited on our calls just because we're having to be so simplistic. Um, and we look like a team that hasn't been together very long, but our effort uh, has been more than fantastic. Tell us uh, about taking over this football program, Coach. It's a, it's a young program going back to uh, 2012, uh, I believe. You're the third uh, head coach in program history, and I would guess that there's been a fair amount of uh, enthusiasm in that part of the country. Talk about kind of building a new program or, or certainly a, a newer program. What's well, a job I've always had my eye on. I think it has unbelievable potential, but, you know, we describe the word potential as everything that you're not. So we're, we're not there yet, but I think the potential is unlimited. Uh, you know, we're in the seventh largest city in the country in San Antonio. We've got great high school connections around all of us in the 210 San Antonio area. We're not very far from Austin, Waco, East Texas, Houston, uh, South Texas. We're, you know, we're right in the center of Texas. So recruiting is unlimited here. Uh, the potential of this place is fantastic. We're building a new $45 million facility that we'll be in in June. So we're really excited uh, about our potential here in San Antonio. Jeff, where do you go about your recruiting? Do you, are you, do you centralize in Texas or do you go all over the place? No, we start in the city of San Antonio and work our way out. We only had 11 players on the roster from San Antonio when we got the job. We're up to 24 right now in one year. Uh, we'd like to add, you know, five to six scholarship kids a year from the San Antonio area and then get about four or five of our walk-ons. So if you get 10 each year from the city, uh, you'll end up with 50 to 60 on your roster, and that Alamo Dome will be filled up pretty quick. From there, we just work our way out, you know, to the Austin, Waco, East Texas, Houston, South Texas area. We're going to stay in the state of Texas. That's where all my connections are, unless we just have some type of real inside information on an out-of-state kid. Uh, you can imagine folks around here, BYU fans, are pretty excited about uh, how good this BYU team appears to be. Uh, what do you see on film from the Cougars? 
let's talk to your quarterback. Um, he looks like he's playing Madden ball or having uh, just Pascal every Saturday. He's only thrown the left incompletion the entire year, which is just crazy. Uh, you can tell he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, y'all have a very mature team. You can tell they've played together a lot just by the way they carry themselves. Uh, your offensive line is you know, very well coached. They're massive. Your receivers are fantastic, 5 and 18. And it, it, they're a lot of fun to watch unless you're having to play against them. Then you go over there to your defense, and your your D-line is just at 95. is just a beast. And 93 and 99. Uh, guys play with a lot of pride. They're very well coached. They're very disciplined. And uh, we hope to look like you guys uh, in a couple of years. We really do. We have a lot of respect for what y'all have done. And we know what we have in front of us Saturday is going to be a large, large chore. So, Jeff, how do you disrupt uh, a comfortable passer like Zach Wilson? Do you commit resources to put pressure on him, or do you drop more guys back in coverage, or do you not want to talk about it because you don't want to give away the game plan? Well, obviously we wouldn't be too specific, but you've seen y'all. everybody's tried to do both y'all, and uh, y'all are very well coached. Uh, you protect him when they come after him, and when guys are dropping, y'all get guys out. So y'all are well coached. And the kid can make every throw. From the right hash, he throws an 18-yard comeback. From the left hash, he does as well. Uh, he can throw the ball down the field. He's got touch. He can escape. He can move. Uh, that's why he's going to be an NFL quarterback one day. He's a lot of fun to watch. And y'all's kicker's fantastic. Of course, he's from Texas, uh, so we've known who that kid is for a long time. But he's really good as well. And uh, y'all have a couple of Texas kids on your roster, actually. Jeff Trailer is with us, head coach at the University of Texas, San Antonio. And, Jeff, this is just a, a curiosity question uh, from me, but what has it been like in your world taking a, a new job as a head coach at a program only to encounter this pandemic, which has made things uh, just you know different, to say the least? Uh, how's it been handling these challenges, I'm sure, from uh, you know helping your, your players, leading them to live up to certain standards, to playing in front of out of fan, uh, playing in front of no fans. What has it been like for you? Uh, well, it's just been uh, a mindset, honestly. Uh, in June, when we got to have volunteer workouts, I, I set them all down, and 99 of our kids showed up for volunteer workouts. And I said, man, this is going to be an opportunity or adversity. Uh, my common sense tells me most teams will not be able to pass all the COVID tests, and they won't be able to play. I didn't know at the time only 76 of us were going to sign up to play. But I knew a lot of schools were not going to play. Uh, we knew in the state of Texas we'd be one of the last ones to go down. So we, we're pretty committed to playing football down here in the south, as you well know. And uh, so there's only 76 teams. So then my common sense was, man, we got a chance to be on national TV quite a bit. There's only 76 of us. And now we're going to our fifth game. We've been nationally televised four times. We've been regionally televised once. So we've done nothing but uh, seize the opportunity so far and not looked at it as adversity. Jeff, this is kind of a treetop question, but I'm curious to know what your coaching philosophy is. How do you go about what you do? How do you communicate with your players? Uh, and, and what role does discipline play? I mean, how do, you, how do you put the whole ball of wax together? It's simple for me. Uh, whatever my record might be right now, it's not what matters. Um, I've been a head coach now for – this is my 16th season. I was a head high school coach for 15. Uh, I've been a head college coach now for one. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to coach about 30 seniors in 16 years. That's roughly about 500 kids in those 16 years. And it's how many men 
out of how many boys, uh, how many of those young men are going to grow up and give back to life, take care of their families, take care of their communities, take care of their state. Uh, they're going to be serving others and, and, and not taking from others. And uh, so how many men out of how many boys, that's the way we're going to be every day around here. And uh, at some point we'll be really, really good at football, but we're going to take care of our lives first. Well, Coach, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Good luck in Provo on Saturday. And, and by the way, it's 74 and sunny on Saturday in Provo, so it should be a beautiful day for football. Thanks for coming on. God bless. Birds up. Thank you all so much. You all have a great program. Thank you, Coach. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Jeff Trailer, head coach at uh, Texas San Antonio, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Man, I, I never felt so uh, dressed out in blue right now. Dressed out. Oh, him calling it uh, you guys and us and all that. Well, what color are you uh, wearing, Gordon? You're you're famous he, for your colorful outfits. Green today. No green. Okay. Uh, you know he kept saying y'all. Y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what the plural of y'all is? Yeah, I've heard you tell this joke before, but go ahead. It's not a joke. It's true. Oh y'all. That Texas straw is is really fun to listen to, and then I mean. I wonder. I think it would be interesting coaching in a program like that. Just from, I, I bet they have more resources than your typical school of that size. Just because you know you heard him talk about Texas and football and how important all that is, and uh, you know, I wonder, uh, I wonder if they can be a, a Boise State type where, you know, he says they have a lot of potential where they could somehow fulfill that potential. I, I think, well, think of uh, basketball first when I think of UTSA because every now and then they're in the, the right. big dance, yep. but now they're trying to pound it out away in their uh, football world. Yeah, I think he's on to the right approach uh, when he talked about recruiting, going after the kids around San Antonio first, building from from nearby first, and then spreading out from there. I think that's sort of what Gary Anderson did when he first went to Utah State. Remember, he had a plan. To go up there and get get those guys, you've seen other people, other new coaches do that in their areas. And a place like Texas, are you kidding me? Texas, if I were to name you the states where you think the recruiting is the richest, you probably would say Florida, California, and Texas, right? Well, I'd add one more, Georgia as well. Georgia, maybe Ohio. I I don't know, but think about all the players. And obviously there's a whole lot of schools down there in Texas and you might be, you know, seventh or eighth on the list uh, somewhere along the way. But in San Antonio, I'm sure there's quality players down there. There's a certain BYU quarterback from down that way. You know, it worked out pretty well for the Cougars. Well, college football, as the rules are, uh, yeah, uh, he's he's uh, he's got a big old ranch down there still, doesn't he? Oh, I, I believe that's where he grew up. Isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, but but college football, although the rules are supposed to be fair, right? It's supposed to be an even even playing ground from a rule standpoint. But really, it's all about uh, built-in advantages, right? Minimizing disadvantages, maximizing advantages, figuring out how to to you know put together the best football team you possibly can. You know, in in Wyoming, you're probably not recruiting a lot of local Laramie kids, right? 
But if you're in San Antonio, I, I'm this is my long-winded way of totally agreeing with you, Gordon. That's a that's a nice built-in advantage right there, being in the middle of football country. And yeah, you're you're not a legacy program like Texas or Texas A&M or or Texas Tech for that matter. But if you can convince some good players that they want to play college football, D1 college football, close to home, you know that certainly would be an advantage that you you could play up, right? You know, if if your school were located uh, in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, you wouldn't have that advantage, right? So, I mean, I I think I think you're right on the money. It's that's the exact way to go. Poach as many as many local studs as you possibly can. Talk them into staying home and not going to uh, not going to Oklahoma or even to Texas or Texas State or Texas Tech, and you're probably going to build yourself a, a a better program faster, right? And you got to find the diamonds in the rough because let's face it, if uh, if there's a kid down in San Antonio who's being recruited by the Longhorns or by the Aggies, uh, there's a pretty good chance he's going to head out of town. But you got to find the guys that uh, you know might be uh, overlooked by some of the others who can really play, and there are guys like that. Uh, find those guys and utilize them. And then you're right, man. It seems like there are some kids who want to get away from home. They just want to go somewhere else, and I, you know, wherever it might be. They just want to get out and get away. Other kids, they want to play in front of their families, man. They want, to, they want their families to be able to see them play on a regular basis. And if you're down there near San Antonio, I mean, that, that seems like a pretty good option. Uh, obviously, the Roadrunners haven't had a whole lot of success so far, but, you know, you got to build somewhere. I think that's a great place to start. You never know what's going on in people's lives uh, when they if they want to go or stay to your point, Gordon. I mean, look at um, uh, the best example I can think of is uh, Nikhil Harry went to Arizona State because I, I believe he was taking care of his grandmother. I want to say I'd have to ask PK about the the backstory there, but and Arizona know. State has had some trouble keeping those great right. players coming out of Arizona right there. Uh, a lot of them have, have jumped out and gone elsewhere, and that that hurts. Uh, that hurts those guys, you know. They they want to get those close to home dudes. That's why you know with Utah and BYU here locally, and and we could talk about Utah State too. But they're they're interesting cases when it comes to recruiting and building football programs, right? Because there is local football talent here in Utah, but probably not quite enough to be you know where you can be a Texas school and just you know or or USC. What's the joke about USC? They just uh, recruit ten miles of the of, from their campus. You know, well, Utah and BYU can't do that. I mean, BYU with the with the the church connection, you know, that makes recruiting different. It makes it national in a way, but makes it uberly local in a way too. And Utah, you know, they've how many great players has Utah gotten from Texas and gotten from um, from California? And to pair mm-hmm. that with the local talent, you know, a, a unique mix to make up that roster. It's yeah. it's interesting to see how universities uh, compete. You know, Utah State. I remember Utah State under Brent Guy. Uh, he Brent refused to recruit Utah players. Refused. Which I mean, was just stupid. It was, which was weird. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, at the time it uh, it it appeared stupid. Now, with the benefit of hindsight and seeing how you know high school football is growing around here, it, it seems uh, ridiculous as well. But I I remember that being so weird. Like you looked at the Utah State recruits under Guy, and it was every single one of them was from California. You're like, there's got to be some local kids here who would uh, really thrive up at Utah State. And now it's different, obviously. And Jay Hill's done the same thing, keeping uh, keeping talent local. So it's interesting. That's College sports is really interesting uh, um, 
seeing how schools play their advantages. Um, I, I wonder. I wonder how Jeff feels about looking at the film. You asked him about what he thought of uh, the film of BYU with uh, with those big linemen, and he you heard him talk about Tonga. What did he call him? A beast or something? Yeah, something. Yeah, he's he's familiar <laughs> I mean, with his work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are you know, I, I, I'm sure that uh, recruiting and 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 coaching in Texas, uh, he sees his fair share of uh, extraordinary extraordinarily large human beings but something tells me the roadrunner is going to be outsized on saturday yeah and uh, well he sounds <laughs> he sounds that like that's his opinion that's for sure yeah uh, so that that must be somewhat formidable for him uh let's see our friend on twitter at here for sport u of u tweets in he says uh, I served a missionary, uh, served as a missionary by UTSA in 2009 and 2010, and at that time it was basically just like Salt Lake Community College. It's crazy that they got a football team in 2011 and are now playing BYU. And then he adds, "Hey SLCC, when are you starting a football team?" <laughs> but no, that's a it's a it, tryouts it, Friday. It's pretty amazing to just pull a D1 program out of nowhere and uh, and try to build it. That that can't be easy. You know, we should ask Mr. Noah all this, but and I bet he would know the size of uh, UTSA's uh, student body. I myself don't know how whether that is that is is it really like a commuter school or, or is it one of those schools where you got well thirty thousand people there? Yeah, are, are you asking for male, female, or or all? What what one are you looking for? Because I got I I know there's like fifteen thousand some odd males and. 16,000 some odd females, over 32,000 total is the size of UTSA student body, I believe. Wow. Don't quote me on that. That's a big school. Uh, We have some breaking news coming from the PGA Tour. Uh, Let's see here. As part of the PGA Tour's pre-tournament screening process this week at the Shriners Hospital for Children Open, PGA Tour member Tony Finau tested positive for COVID-19 and has been withdrawn from the event. Finau, who last competed at the U.S. Open, will have the PGA Tour's full support throughout his self-isolation period under CDC guidelines. First alternate, Bronson Burgoon, will replace Finau in the field. Well, we certainly hope Tony is feeling, uh, makes his way through that. Yeah, best best wishes uh, go out to, uh, to Tony Finau, but he will not be competing in this week's event on the PGA Tour. So a little break. One of the really strange things about COVID, and we've talked about this in the past, but the way the variances in the way it affects people, some people it just absolutely wipes them out, and other people it just, you know, only mildly affected. It's so weird. I'm no doctor, but that sounds strange to me, you know. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's, it's made it difficult. Uh, more difficult to manage, no doubt about it. All right, uh, so there you go. Tony Finau will not be uh, participating this weekend, tested positive for COVID-19. A little breaking news for you. All right, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner, but let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now uh, from trydaytrading.com. He's the client director. He's our friend Hayden. What's going on, Hayden? Not much. How's it going, guys? Hey, it's going uh, terrific. Uh, Hayden, let's let's talk to the listener driving around out there right now who uh, has heard us talking about TridayTrading.com, maybe has been uh, a little bit hesitant, but uh, now is interested in getting started. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, great. I mean, the, really the first step is to hop on our website, TridayTrading.com, and you can register for a 
a free introductory webinar that'll just walk you through really everything we do, give you a little glimpse into the markets. Um, no, no real, no skill set or anything required. It's, it's just the first step to break it down really simple for you. And uh, you can even, uh, how do I put this? Let's see. Alema can do it, and you can watch him get coached. And Alema, who we love dearly, but if he can do it and be successful, you can too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah, we actually are running where um, you'll actually get to watch Alema do one of his actual coaching sessions. So you'll see exactly what you would be doing um, if we got to that point down the road a little ways. And, yeah, like you're mentioning, it. it there's no – yeah, there's really no pressure around, oh, I don't know if I'm good with computers or anything like that. A lot of traders that we've worked with have not had any experience, and they turned out to be very, very good at it. So, All right, get started now. Trydaytrading.com, trydaytrading.com. And, uh, yeah, log on. Watch a lemon get coached. Sounds pretty cool. Hayden, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, log on, trydaytrading.com. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Chad! Oh, turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Humans being on a total request Tuesday. Uh, the theme today, Van Halen, uh, after uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away today. Want to remind you about our friends at uh, Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. They've been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than any other method. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today. <laughs> uh, welcome on back. Uh, Gordon, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little uh, basketball, and we'll get more into uh, we'll get more into this when Sam Amick joins us uh, coming up on Thursday. But he had a really interesting piece. He's been working on it for a long time. In fact, he's told us about it for a while. Uh, interview with Michelle Roberts, talking about what's going to uh, to happen in the off season to get next season started. And it's a really great read. I would I would recommend uh, anybody jump over there to the Athletic and and give Sam's piece a read. But what do, what do you think, Gordon, since there are no plans put in place? what In a magic world, what would be ideal, do you think, for the NBA that they could actually pull off to get next season going? Is it, is it Could they do it in January? Would they have to wait till February? Would you try to play more games and, and get the, the season in as quickly as you could? Would you play fewer games? Would you move the finals back? What, it, what do you think they should do? I, would, uh, I think I would target January. You know, that uh, seems like a reasonable plan to me. And uh, when the draft is, when did they schedule the draft for? When was the date again? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say November 18th, but give me a second and I will uh, bring it up. Yeah, draft yeah. November 18th. Okay, so uh, right around Thanksgiving. So you need time. You need time to put that together. If that's when your draft is, how are you going to assemble all that? And we don't know uh, – you know, when do, we, do they have a date scheduled for free agency yet? 
no, none of that is is decided. We don't know yeah. anything about the salary cap. In <clears throat> fact, there has to be some sort of labor owner agreement that uh, they their conversations ongoing, according to Michelle Roberts, but. Nothing has been decided. I mean, there's a lot of water that has to go under the bridge. That's why I'm kind of saying, in an ideal world, you know, what do they, what do they really do? What, what? Because I mean, if you push the finals back into July, that might hurt ratings, and it bumps up against the Olympics. Does that matter? Didn't I read recently that Adam Silver said it didn't matter? He hinted at that, yeah, yeah. When, when he talked uh, there at the finals. Well, you've got to take care of your players, and you can't uh, you can't start up until you can put this thing together, put all these pieces together, and they've got to get that stuff taken care of. And if you're going to draft players in late November, then uh, you know you can't start up right away. Plus, the fact that the, we imagine that the NBA owners would be interested in perhaps allowing fans into their arenas. Uh, since that makes up a large portion of uh, of uh, you know money for the league and for individual owners and teams, so if you can push that back, maybe that would help you in that regard. However, you can't push it back too far. What are you going to do, push it back until there's a until there's a vaccine available? I don't think that's an option. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but, I don't know. I'm not a, a I'm not a doctor, Gordon, I, I, and I'm not just sure. Play one on the radio. I'm not sure when uh, the vaccine is going to be available to whom. I have I have no clue. And and actually, hearing people's estimates on that uh, varies greatly depending yes, on who you're listening to. So I right. I don't know if I don't know if that's really an option. Here's what I do know. I don't. I want to see the NBA schedule get back to normal. I know there's some people out there who think, you know, well, use this as an excuse to to uh, start in late December and then finish the the finals later. I don't. I like the NBA season where it's at, but I don't know how, uh, you know, this is going to have ripple effects for years to come, right? Because doing a, a full season from February to June, I mean, that's that's just impossible. I would think, right? I mean, there's right. No but way what happened do- this? But what happened this year, Jake? Pushing it all the way back to when the bubble started. You know, you're right. It's going to take a little while to get it back uh, in its normal slot, but I think that will happen. I don't think there's any any plan on the NBA's part to uh, permanently alter their season. No, but because they need to think, and and not to uh, totally steal Locke's material, but I was listening to Locke today with Hanson Scotty. They've got to think about this ratings thing. Because the ratings have been down uh, substantially, and I think there's a bunch of really, really good reasons for that. But NBA ratings were already declining a bit, and I don't think moving the finals back to July or August is going to help ratings at all. No, I, I agree with you on that. But, uh, however, this COVID thing, this pandemic has really kind of thrown all sports for a loop. Right. Now, how— how do you get back to normal, and what does normal look like? I, I just, I guess, I'm voicing the opinion that I'm not in the crowd that wants to see a late December start and see the season finish in July or August. Okay, I, let I me absolutely ask, don't want that. Let me ask you a difficult question: Do you think that the the move for for social justice has had an adverse uh, impact on the popularity of the NBA? Uh I, I want to a- answer this delicately. Um, I do think it's had an impact, but uh, all the people waving the flag around that, oh, it's the total cause of the ratings decline, that's ridiculous. 
because there's so many. Like that's what I that why I put it when when we were just a moment ago. There's so many really good reasons the ratings are down. Uh, it's it's we're not used to watching basketball in October. That's weird. They're competing with the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball playoffs, and that's just in the sports world. If if you pay attention to television ratings every four years, Gordon, uh, uh, viewers of TV sway mightily toward news outlets around elections. Uh, it, in fact, uh, we mentioned Kevin Graham earlier in the uh, earlier in the show. Kevin now runs a news station in Dallas. And Ty, have a conversation with Kevin about that. I mean, people yeah. change what they're consuming from a media standpoint because of the election. They're consuming more news and things like that. So I and, and the bubble is weird. The broadcast is not normal. Uh, right. I, I think there is a list of uh, maybe a couple a dozen things that you could throw out there that would have an adverse effect on ratings. But, I mean, I've, I've seen enough of it online that if you want to say, you know, people turning off the NBA because of the social justice message, that's probably a thing. But I don't think it's a substantial thing. I think there are, there's a list of, of many more reasons why the ratings are down. I certainly hope so. I hope you're right. Uh, and it seems to me when there's a pandemic going on that people have other things on their minds. And some people are looking for relief from that. But but it, it, it we talk about it here, too. I mean, it's it's a, I'm not sure how much complete relief you get from that. Do I think it will bounce back? Yes, I do. But I, I think there are so many things going on right now, like you said, that uh, are adding to this really strange year a year unlike any other that i ever experienced in in my you know 89 years on uh, planet or 89 i like it i'm not that old uh, i do think they need to consider it though they need it because you know when the next tv deal comes up they need to have strong ratings in hand to you know get paid so I do think it's something not not uh, separating from social justice for a second. I'm talking about the TV ratings. I right. I do think that they need to consider that, and I think moving the NBA finals to August would be disastrous for ratings. Uh, and again, Locke made this point, and, and he's right on the money. There's a reason that they don't make new TV shows and air them in August because people not as many people are watching TV in August. We're on vacation so, and we're outside and all right. that sort of stuff. And so I think that if you move it back into summer. I don't think that's a, that's a really great idea. Right there in June, I think, is a real sweet spot because we're not fully in summer mode yet, and the only thing they're really competing against is baseball, and they're not competing against those new TV shows either. So I, I hope they don't move the finals from June. And so I, then, the quest, then the question becomes, if you're going to start the season later because you have to, would it be worth it for the NBA to have a shortened season? Ah, see, I think that is a really good idea, but I bet they don't do it. But if it's going to help you ultimately, with and I don't know, I haven't looked at the books enough to. Uh, did Locke mention any of that? No, because I, I don't know how much how much of an effect it would have or how much it would cost. Uh, you know. To just shorten uh, it, and to yeah. your point about fans in the stands, you know, if you're not putting fans in the stands anyway. You know, that may make it a little bit easier to to shorten the season. But, of course, then we get back to the conversation that we had before the bubble, and that's how many games do you have to play to meet your right. obligations for, you know, regional television and national television and all those things. So does it cost you more to televise games 
then it would then you would lose as far as your ratings go and what uh, whatever the formula they use for right. that. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I don't know either, but I'm sure they do. Yeah, let's get who's uh, who's the jazz accountant. Let's get a let's get an accountant <laughs> on the line and talk about that. I I don't know. I, it's all things that they've got to consider. That's that's why you know in a, an ideal world, if basketball fan Jake was pulling the strings. I do like a like a February to June condensed schedule. And one thing I've really liked about these playoffs in the bubble and I don't know how realistic it is to keep a keep this going forward, but they've moved. You know, having a game every other day, you know, and and mm-hmm. it hasn't really dragged out like uh, NBA playoffs have a tendency to do. So, I don't know if you could shorten the season to to 50 or 60 games and, you know, get into the playoffs and keep the playoffs moving, maybe you could figure out a way to get done you know, uh, before August or before the Olympics. But I just don't know if there's going to be the motivation to do that. If you're going to have that situation going on where you want to speed up the games in the playoffs, uh, well, if you're playing, if you're traveling the way you normally would, uh, that that's going to be a little more complicated. But some of those series get dragged out to the point of being yeah. almost ridiculous. Right. You, you can play more than every fourth day. Yeah. You know, even even when you are traveling. That was one thing from Sam's piece, though, uh, that was interesting. Uh, Michelle Roberts, actually, there was audio complimenting the piece, right, Austin, of the of the interview. And uh, Michelle Roberts, uh, Sam asked her about uh, doing a bubble again. And uh, she basically said, OK, the, that option's out there. But uh, let's let's just say this. It's not popular with the players. <laughs> Getting them back into another bubble, I think, would be a little bit more difficult this time. I think the words she used was uh, what her players said. Hell no. Austin, is that right? <laughs> Do we have it? Okay, if we can dial that up, we can we can play it. But let's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's. Let, in fact, hit it, Austin. This is this has been better than my wildest dreams and expectations and hopes and prayers. Do I want to do it again? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually quoting my players when I ask them, "What do you think about the?" <laughs> Hell no. Listen, I'm, um, I've talked to players who, and we'll see if they if they followed through on it. But to just flat out say, if if that's the plan, then then count them right. out. You like, know? So this is this has been better than my wildest. Yeah. So there you go. So she she said, you know, this is uh, this has gone great, but I don't think there's a lot of will from the player's side to do a bubble again. I, w- I would be surprised if that happened. Yeah, I would, too. I, I, I could see them doing what uh, baseball is doing and just not having any fans in the stands and, and going for it. But I don't uh, you know, uh, I don't see them bubbling up again. And and, you know, they were really the pioneer league when it came to when it came to the antigen testing and those sorts of things, I would I would guess that they'll be equipped to uh, have a different solution next year. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully the whole scenario will be different and more favorable. Right. All right. I want to remind you, we're going to be out of the warehouse on Friday for a football Friday. Mac and Alema will be there with me uh, from 2 to 6. It's their brand-new Salt Lake location, 1525 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Have you gotten your new bed yet, Gordo? No, I'm waiting for the delivery. Uh, Tom, right now, uh, Tom told us he got you upgraded. Well, yeah, he, he told me because of the delay, uh, because there was there was one thing on it that I don't think we needed. And uh, so I, I eliminated that and he he's throwing it in because of the delay. Are you eating? Jeez. <laughs> you couldn't wait 30 seconds to eat that cheese. I thought you were going to break. I didn't know you were going to come back my way. I got to say, man, this cheese no, is stay primo. tuned. We'll let Gordon eat his cheese. More primo. next time. Oh, cheddar. Cheddar the way it was meant to be. 
Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. For Austin's list right here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list. And trust me, you do not <laughs> want to make that list like I have. Uh, who's making the list today, Austin? Uh, somebody uh, suggested yesterday that I put Gordon on the list, and I thought I'd bring it forward to the council okay. before we do the official list if it's warranted because, of course, Gordon still has not texted me back since last Thursday at 1030 in the morning. And someone suggested that require that would be worthy of being put on the list. The friend that wait, ghosts you. Yes. Yeah. Hold on here. Wait, wait. We have since talked about it. I thought we talked it through and came. I had to, to beg you to talk to me about it <laughs> and threaten. <laughs> so your buddy oh. that ghosts you. So I'll use this as a warning. Okay. All right. You you have been warned. You're close there, to Gordon. the list, Gordon. As though that will. Well, that's like you said, Jake. That's a place nobody wants to be. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> but wants officially to be. on the list today, Provo City, specifically their water district. Oh, have you heard about what happened recently in Provo City? No. My brother was part of it. Was was one of the 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 victims? Also, one of the affected. Yes, uh-huh. uh, but it affected many, many, many residents there in Provo. Uh, they opened up their water bills and discovered that they had been charged. Not twice, not three times, but in some cases, 500 to 1,000% more than what they should have been charged. Wow. What, did what? somebody leave the spigot on? What happened? For, for one example, and, and it was all in the tens of thousands. Okay. And, and if you had auto pay, gone. And it happened, it happened several months ago. And this is why Provo City gets on the list. Not because it happened. But because it happened several months ago and they did nothing until someone called them on it. So here's, here's for example, my brother's experience. Uh, he owns a business down there. And he got the, the PPP uh, uh, loan, loan uh-huh. SBA or whatever it's called. And, and uh, well, he had that for a few days. And then he checked his bank account and it was all <laughs> gone. And he's like, what the? And so he looks in. It's the water bill that should have been... 20 and some 20 dollars and some odd cents uh-huh. he had been charged seventeen thousand and five hundred dollars to one his checking account they also charged his credit card another 17 some odd thousand dollars for a total of thirty five thousand dollars for a twenty dollar bill wait uh, so i'm still confused as to what exactly happened was just just a clerical error so and they did they did refund him and everyone else their money but after they had to call and beg them to refund them their money and here's what provo city said happened uh according to this poor spokeswoman customer service director karen larson she said whose job it is to get yelled at (laughs) i mean it's not anything she did but she's the one that uh had to go to the the media and say quote evolving technology allows us to improve the resident experience by integrating service bills, enhancing security, uh, shh, 
quiet phone, improving uh, efficiencies and providing enhanced customer service features. Provo City began the challenging task of a transitioning from a decades-old billing system to a more streamlined, customer-oriented software. In short, what happened was uh, uh, an error resulted from an incorrect water reading in this new software okay. that they've uh, put into play. A, a, a mighty error. And they did nothing about it until the residents started realizing, you know, I had some money in my account, and suddenly I can't get a hamburger at Burger King. Oh, I've been charged thirty-five grand for a twenty-dollar bill. That's a lot. Yeah. See, so see, you're you're see, on the list, Provo City. See, Austin, uh, it's one thing if if it were fifty bucks more or something along those right. lines. Right. But thirty-five thousand dollars. Exactly. That's a lot. Does it go into an account that earns them interest? <laughs> <laughs> what you into Provo Cities? Yeah. <laughs> Did they, they make money off of it? Uh, I, I see. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm not going to throw any accusations out there, but I'm going to say it's pretty dirty that they didn't catch the error and then send everyone a letter or a phone call or an email and say, hey, this happened. Here's your money back. They made people call them and, and say, hey, you need to give me my $35,000 back, please. Okay. So what happens, what happens if an account is overdrawn on account of this? I'm sure that Who's happened. Who's going to pay that fee? Well, hopefully the city. My Okay, so here's my question. If this were to happen to Gordon, would he notice? How long until he noticed? Right. Yeah. I think I would notice I'm, right away. Well, you did say well, recently it would take not. you less than an hour to get ten grand. Apparently, well, apparently you and Purple City are quick. I, I think uh, anybody who is, you know, who isn't... Uh, a Rockefeller would notice a $35,000 difference. Three on. months pass, but, but and Gordon's see, like, hey, where'd this thirty-five grand go? But see, my brother didn't, <laughs> and he's not a Rockefeller. This was in a business account that he does never check, doesn't need to. Does, he just is on auto pay for bills, and he has a credit card limit because it's a business account that it never flagged him until he happened one day to check, and he went, what the? $35,000. Unbelievable. What's the difference? It's just a few zeros. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So right. Provo City, you're Provo on the list. City, the, the, the entire city or just the water district? Uh, we'll leave just the water district on the list for now. But uh, like I've warned Gordon, the city. Provo City itself is on notice. It's on notice. I'm sure, uh, Austin, you having lived down there at different times in your life, I'm sure there's something that... That happens in Provo that ticks you off. Uh, I don't know if it's still as bad of a problem as it was when I was down there, but the parking pirates, the tow companies down there, there needs to be some constitutional changes <laughs> the way they handle their business. Constitutional see, changes. See, here's the thing. All the way to the top. Yep. Jake, all we got to do is nudge Austin in just about any direction, and uh, he probably has three or four other items on that list. He often does. That's why it's a great segment. Catch it Thursday. All right. Let's... How do you how do you feel about uh, the quality of uh, air in uh, in our state of Utah, Austin? Uh, currently, we're okay, but uh, let's check back in a month and we'll see how we're doing. All right. Often comes up on Utah Carson's ten to noon every Saturday. Tune on in. All right. Let's jump out of the zone. Let's uh, jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, uh, she does client support. Or, excuse me, he does client support for TridayTrading.com. Tracy with us here on the big show. Hi, Tracy. Sorry about that. 
Hey, no problem. How's it going, guys? Hey, it's going great. Uh, let's talk about uh, what uh, TridayTrading.com can do for our listeners, whether you're looking to, to replace uh, all your income or just uh, supplement it a little bit. Yeah, we've put together this awesome trial. If you just go to TridayTrading.com, you can sign up for a free webinar, kind of get an idea of how everything works, have a few one-on-one coaching sessions with one of our coaching directors and see if it's something that's uh, cut out for you. TryDayTrading.com, TryDayTrading.com. And, in fact, you can uh, see Alema Trey, uh, be coached by his coach, right? You sure can. So, actually, Hans and Scotty and Alema all have gotten involved, so we like seeing you guys around and love love being a part of the show. So, awesome. TryDayTrading.com, you can go sign up for a free webinar and check us out. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, there you go. That's our friend Tracy from TryDayTrading.com. Doesn't sound like a Tracy. I don't uh, make things easy on myself, do I? Uh, TryDayTrading.com. TryDayTrading.com. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.